Fantastic. Thanks so much for that, Tanya. Tanya Thomas here with the latest scratchings. And for those that missed, jump on the Tab app or the Tab website uh, and all that information is on there. Glenn Munsey now joins us as well from Tab. Glenn, good morning to you, mate. Did you find a winner this weekend? Um, managed to have something small on the last winner day, betting around Gravina so, uh, at the odds. So uh, a very, very small win, but uh, not enough to put another story on the house or anything like that, but uh, keep the wolf from the door. Exactly. All right, let's get into it, and we're going to open that uh, that line now, 13.53.53. So if you've got questions, anything you want to talk about for the weekend uh, racing-related, please give us a call, and you can ask the panel away. Um, Duff, I heard you talking to the Big Sports Breakfast about... Uh, the the protest situation it was it is pretty much been the the biggest sort of talking point in Australian racing for the weekend. We heard before when you chatted to the boys that you know if you had to twist your arm and and make a call, you would have said uphill. I'll come back to you in a moment, Dino. I'll get your thoughts. Uh, that protest, which way should it have gone, or which way did you feel it it was going to go? Uh, I felt it was going to be upheld, Dave. At first, I was sort of not sure, and then the more I dissected it uh, I think Craig Williams had established his line and once he was inside the heels of Johnny Allen he was well and truly inside, he was up and running uh, he's entitled to go straight, he's allowed to go dead straight and he was denied that opportunity and the if Johnny Allen doesn't deny him of that opportunity Johnny Allen has to straighten and if he straightens he loses momentum if he loses momentum Animo wins the race so I think by taking him, he took him a strip of grass across the track, about two horses. I think he denied Animo that opportunity of being able to run in a straight line. Duff, you're of a similar, obviously, opinion when you were talking to the boys this morning? Yeah, 100%. I think that explains it. Everyone, like I said, it's, it's in saying that, it's a close call. We all know that. And in these close calls, you know, there's a divided opinion. And I, and I get that as well. But I'm 100% with Dean, he, he did establish that run. He was making ground. He did come from behind him. Johnny Allen just keep that little kept that little bit of pressure on. They, they did brush. They did come in two horses. Uh, you could see the shoulder of Animo just, just miss a stride. And when we're talking uh, a margin like that, I think we could nearly be comfortably satisfied uh, that he might have won. Uh, but it's a high-pressure race. It's a big decision to make. And they had to do it. It's their job. And, um, you know, it's not our job to do it. So it's hard to argue. I've seen a lot worse. Um, but I was leaning to uphill. The Mums? interesting thing... Oh, sorry. sorry uh, I was just going to say, Duff, was that when you see the super slow-mo of the last three yes. strides, the, stri- the half a stride before the line, they're actually... Their heads are level. And when they actually hit the line, the bob is at the the longest extension it could be. So that margin, and they kept talking about the margin of being a short head, it was the absolute, in in the stride momentum, it was the longest it could be because the next half stride, Animo was back level. So it was, uh, it, I mean, it might have been as, as big a telling a factor as anything. And, yeah, and that's right. And that stride wouldn't have been that stride if they didn't mm. rush. Exactly. Um, Munns, your opinion? Uh, well, uh, well, Ronnie and I uh, we were dissecting it like an operation uh, there on Saturday. We, we had the advantage of um, you know the the, the Channel Seven uh, pitches. Uh, I, I think what what the uh, another controversy uh, regarding the protest was the fact that we didn't hear 
um, the reasonings uh, by either by either jockey there. Well, you know, everyone salivates when Craig Williams protests because you're going to get a Raymond Burr type performance. It, it would have been uh, very and, interesting because you've got QC Craig, and I've met John Allen, and I struggled to understand him the first time I met him. So it would have been a fascinating <laughs> being in that room. But that, that was COVID related, wasn't it? That we that we weren't yeah. in those uh, in that room. And yep. and just for people's uh, edification and entertainment, I inquired straight after that and was told most definitely there are cameras in the stewards' room in Sydney, uh, even during this COVID situation. Because I said, well, imagine if this happens next week in the Golden Eagle. Uh, and, and I was assured by numerous people there on Saturday, don't worry, there are cameras in the stewards' room in Sydney. And I'm so, sure there will uh, be in Melbourne next week. Well, there's well. fixed cameras at Flemington. It's a different scenario, so yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're fixed. And, and I think that that's that's the major controversy because nobody could hear what the reasonings were Does it matter? by either party and then the stewards giving their explanation when the protest was dismissed because everybody is an expert that is, that is looking at it and they've got their own firm opinions, yes or no, and, and the, the, the camps were pretty divided. The social media is always the best barometer and the camps were pretty much divided and those that were saying upheld were getting, you know, riled by those that say no, uh, should be dismissed. So, um, you know, if you, if you look at the actual interference and the strict rules of racing, you would have thought it would have been upheld. Hmm. Just on, um, you know, these situations, for, for people too that are were watching that aren't sort of, you know, as avid racing followers, uh, as people that say listen to this program, etc. Will we put that down? I was trying to explain to a mate on Saturdays, similar to like in the football, say when we're watching the grand final, where we see decisions, you know, that, that maybe earlier in the season get pinged for penalties, etc. But because it is the big stage, there's a different train of thought can we can we say that or is that being unfair towards the stewards i don't know it's a, it's obviously a, it's a lot higher pressure decision when you're talking yeah. about a race like that i guess would, would that if it was a wednesday first race benchmark 78 would that have been upheld i don't know it all depends on the panel and the situation i don't know i, I, I would I, I would like to think not um, we, we strive for consistency in our sport and, um, you know, that, if that's the way mm. they read it, you'd, you'd like them to read it like that all the time. Well, you, you would, but we definitely do have different personalities and uh, mm-hmm. uh, different minds. Our current day Chief Steward in Melbourne, Robert Cram, is very, very dour, very measured, very, you know, it, it take a lot, you know, to, to sway him and, and I think had it been under the, in the, the Terry Bailey era would have been upheld and quickly. All right. We've got a caller on the line, guys, and we've opened the lines straight up. Uh, Shane's on the line. Morning, Shane. Morning, gentlemen. How you going? Very good, mate. Uh, first of all, I was just wondering, like, the rules of racing say that if you take a horse's line or inconvenience another horse uh, to the line, like that horse was in the Cox State, the, rule, the rules are made by the stewards. Why do they throw them out the door on a day like that? Well, they're saying that the shift didn't make a difference in the result, as in the margin. That's that's all they're saying. They're not saying that there wasn't a shift or a brush, as as they referred to it. But uh, they're saying that the margin wasn't, you know, that I would dispute that. But yeah, that's 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 the their reasoning. They haven't thrown the rule out. They've just said that the the, the contributing factor wasn't enough to change the result. Sure, but that, the other horse come from behind him, you know, like and was making ground. I mean, Animal, if he raced with his head out which he does, and that's why he races, and 
um, I think he'd probably probably still won the race anyway, you know. And uh, the other thing I was going to ask you about was Floating Artists' run. No, it was the best thing beaten of the weekend. Shocking, wasn't it? Yep, he uh, uh, just got uh, just in a horrible spot and couldn't get out of it. Had an opportunity to get out of it. He he'd made a bit of a mess of it early, uh, young T.A. Nugent. And uh, I think he's a really good young rider. He's already ridden a Group 1 winner. But uh, he got in a bad spot at the 1,200. And he actually could have alleviated it at about the 1,000 and come out three wide and followed Pondus into the race. But he stayed in and just made it worse. And then when the horse got cleared to roar to the line like he did and about 20 metres after the line, he was about a length and a half in front. Uh, just made it uh, really worse for him. So I think they're going to have a shot at trying to get into the Melbourne Cup through the Hotham with him on Saturday. And uh, I would say outside of incentivise, there's no stayer in Melbourne going better than him at the moment. Uh, he's, he's flying. He's been extremely unlucky in both of his last runs. Yep. Um, yeah, been a hard so go for the punters, but he's, he seems to be a very good horse. Yeah, he is. So he's still yet to qualify for the Cup, is that right? Uh, he passed the balloting clauses on Saturday, Duff, but he's a long way down the list, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. It just shows, too, in these, these high-pressure races, you know, those split-second split decisions. What do you make of Pondus, um, Dino? Because he, he, just visually watching, and you're a better judge than me, but gee, Jai rode him like, a, like he was confident. Well, I think by that stage you wanted to be on that part of the track, and early he wanted to be off the rail, and that was... Uh, T.O. Nugent was trying to push him down to the rail down the straight the first time and in the end uh, Craig Williams got up inside them so he couldn't so when uh, he had the opportunity when Dean Yendel slid around three wide he went around with him probably lost his cover for a bit but uh, when he went for home he found about a length and a half and that was about it and I know he's got wet track form in Europe but our wet tracks are so different uh, that track on Saturday was a, a five and probably a little bit loose and I don't think he accelerated like he can. So I don't know if we saw the best of him on okay. Saturday. Uh, now, he, he's already virtually in the cup field. He's, when the pay-ups are today, I think there's a pay-up at 10 o'clock. Uh, he'll be inside number 20, I would imagine. Uh, so he'll run uh, with 52 and a half. And I think if he gets the right sort of surface, he's not the worst. I mean, they've all... Maybe they're all just chasing incentivizers tail, but he, he'd be certainly a, you know, a horse that I'd be thinking could go better than he did on Saturday. Let's get to our next caller on the line. Michael's on the line. Morning, Michael. Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. Just, um, big comment, Barry, of that shocking ride on Enter of a Bird. First time in its career it's been ridden up front. I wouldn't have backed it if I knew he was going to do that, right? He's no James McDonald. He's done this before. Absolute disgrace. And no stewards in Melbourne, right? If that goes to the Supreme Court, that'll be overturned. These ones coming overseas, they're protected species, right? We've got our own horses here. We don't have to protect them and give them a good benefit, you know? Your comment. Well, the uh, let's talk about uh, the invitation then, Duff. Uh, Michael having a dig there at Tommy, but there was that consensus. I mean, it, 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 it's funny how that tra we, we get these track ideas in our head that... You know, it seemed like the market was gravitating towards on speed, um, which a, a few of those results were. You had to be in favourable positions. But then, obviously, what did you make of on Trevier? She, she was always going to be in trouble from that, that draw when, when yeah. the barriers came out. I thought most of the, the talk was he has to go forward and then hope something happens because he, he, even though it turned out the winners come from last. 
but I think trying to read the play as far as mapping is concerned for a mare like her with so many backmarkers in that race, I think most punters that were on her were hoping, well, he's got to have a crack and try and slot in closer than midfield here because there's a lot of backmarkers. And he did have a crack and, I'm, 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 and, and then they slowed up. They did sit slowed up and he, he had a go and it didn't work. Uh, but I got no issue with uh, the, the tactics. I've got no issue at all with the tactics because I don't think, I think I'd be crying if she went back to last if I was on her and then had too much to do. But you know, in that defence of that, the winner come from last, all the others are getting held up. She gets the momentum. It looked a horrible barrier for her. And uh, it's, a, it's a horse race, and, and, and things end up turning out rosy for her for once in about 18 months. So, you know, I, I've got no issue with the tactics on, on Trevier. Gee, gee, the second horse uh, went good. There. Didn't you, you mention Rock O'Clock on Friday, didn't you, Munns? Uh, yes, Dave. Uh, I, I was on. I was on Rock O'Clock, and I was also on Sweet Deal. I, I just thought uh, Rock O'Clock from the alley would get a beautiful run, and Sweet Deal I thought would be positive, but it just got a little, uh, little bump uh, as it came out of the barriers, and and she settled back in the field, and and she's she's well, it's just a completely different horse when she's not sort of up on speed, and um, you know she was never in the hunt. But you know Rock O'Clock basically, uh, Karen used Rock O'Clock uh, to take him into the race. Yeah, and how you can back winners? We all whinge when we we take the bit pre-post. I on the Monday or the Tuesday, I was looking at the forecast, and I had a pretty good bet on Ice Bath at seven dollars. Thinks this will run four dollars. Uh, this is going to be a, a pretty wet track. <laughs> and um, it comes it comes Friday, and I think, what have I done here? I've done it again. So it's, it's, sometimes you can get lucky in this game. Do you think they too? Call just it whinge and win. Yeah, exactly. Whinge <laughs> and win. Do you think too now? Um, Duff, especially after what we saw Saturday before we get to our next caller, that that tag of, you know, great wet track. We know she obviously goes good on the wet, but now, you know, you'd have no fear backing her on top of the ground after what you saw in the right race, of course, uh, with Ice Bath. Oh, look, I had no 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 worries at all backing her on a dry track after looking at the Epsom. Uh, she, she That was a pretty hard track, and, and she should have been figuring in the finish there it's just that when she gets on a wet track she just excels against the the, the horses that don't handle a wet track uh, because she, she's got every base covered as far as that's concerned let's get to our next caller guys uh, on punters post-mortem this morning with with uh, ron duffercy dean lester and also glenn munsey uh, mark's on the line morning mark yeah morning boy uh, just what a question Dude, eh? but a quick one for you first, Dave. Any idea? You're always got your finger in the pie. Any idea where Master Crusade is going to go? Sydney or Melbourne? Classic legend stakes. Um, that's what uh, Tommy was alluding to last week when he interviewed uh, when he was on. Um, that's going to be a really hot race. I think Edit's going to go that way as well for Cody Morgan out of the um, out of the Kosciuszko. But yeah, that classic legend stakes on Saturday, which will complement that Golden Eagle. Um, very well. Put it this way, Tommy hasn't taken a ride just yet in that, that race because he was waiting for Classic Legend. So um, that's what we know. And it is the $3.50 favourite for it. Yes. Yeah, OK. I do know. Yes, Mark. on Saturday, do you reckon he'll go to the Derby? Do you think it's a chance? Uh, well, I actually manage Spirit of Gaylord, so I can tell you a bit about him. Uh, he, if he gets in the field, he's a chance he will go to the Derby, uh, but he's right on the borderline of getting a run, uh, at this stage he probably will, yeah. 
All right, beautiful. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Just on the uh, on the derby, um, before we get to our next caller online, who's Tony, um, I've got to give a bit of a shout-out here. Munns, you'll know uh, this gentleman, Paul from the Mesos uh, there. He uh, has a small little share in Commander Harry, and I tell you what, Dino, Linda nearly pinched it. That was a ballsy ride by Linda. Well, uh, yeah, that's a way of putting it, Dave. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a spectacular ride because what she picked was that they went pretty solid, and just as the speed came out of the race, her horse started to travel. So instead of restraining it, uh, she went with it, and all of a sudden that race changed, and she got a lot of horses off the bit very early, and uh, she's the the favourite. He did a good job to win. He's had four very, very hard runs, and now he's got to back up again next Saturday or this Saturday uh, in the derby. I, he's a tough horse, forgot you, but he'll need to be because he has to dig deep every time he goes to the races. All right. So what does he come out of that, <clears throat> come out of that race with a pass mark, or he's still a dominant, or is he is he deserved favourite? Uh, I think he's probably deserved favourite, Duff, but uh, he was probably... Uh, a little bit down on what he'd done in his previous runs, so you just hope that uh, he can he can elevate on Saturday. Uh, you'd hope he's not starting to get to the end of it. Uh, that would be my little worry with him as a favourite. Um, sort of timing's right with a horse like Tuta Kaka, who I've never really rated because um, I didn't think that race in Brisbane was that strong in the winter. But uh, he he was good at Geelong and. Yeah, I think the timing's pretty right with him. He he might be the horse really starting to, to hit form at the right time. Mm, that was my next question, his timing, and that was mm. it. That was it. He's the he's a good trainer, Tony, and he's, I know he's had his eye on this prize since Brisbane, and they give him that toughen-up run where they led. Yep. And the, and yeah, then, with the blinkers on, he went too hard. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he's a he's a hard-fit horse. Is there anything lurking from Sydney? No. Duff? No. I don't think so. I don't no. think so. Allegron, is, is he coming down? Um, yeah, he, he might. He's, he's in the market Would he be there. a floater or would he be a chance? Or? I, I just don't. I haven't got a good grip on on the locals, to tell you the truth. I, I, I'm not up to date with all these horses. I, there's some things there I don't even know their names. So I, I'm, it's not a race I could really comment on, on as, as far as I'm into the derby. I'm right into the derby this year, so I'm not. So I, I, I don't know, but Tutakawa interests me a lot and I'm glad you brought him up mm. the one but I'd forgive from Saturday is um, uh, Villaden uh, I don't think the blinkers worked on him he just raced too keenly he's the brother to young Verda and with Waller and I think he's running he's going to back up um, I, he's one I would be forgiving of but uh, as you said Duff it's hard to line up I mean if you go on their last runs Hitotsu's the one to beat he's for mine uh, he's the best horse in the race but he's had a 13.50 metre maiden win at Donald, a great run in the Corvair Guineas, and he goes third up 2,500 metres. So uh, he goes in very, very light, but he's a, a, a very classy sort of horse for this grade. Let's get to uh, Tony's on the line. Morning, Tony. Yeah, good morning, all. Um, I'd just like to state first off that I, I didn't, I hadn't, had not backed any horse in the Cox Plate. But the, interest, the interesting thing for me... Is that it's a very close? It's a very close finish, and if you if the stu- but the stewards wouldn't want to show it too often now. Is a stride before the winning post? They say there's a margin at the winning post, and okay, the winning post is 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 what the result is all about first there. 
but the, but the closeness of the race would be demonstrated if you go astride before the winning post and then the next and then the next shot after the winning post when perhaps both heads are down and it'll and it'll look a little bit closer and the other and the other and the other point is where where is it in the rules of racing that allow the horse on the outside to 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 cause to cause the horse on the inside to, to not allow his straight running he's, he's he came up alongside him and he's and he's racing against him animo doesn't veer out and and so the, the uh, uh, you know the, the other horse i believe or the, the the connection of the other horse the jockey of the other horse isn't allowed isn't allowed to uh, to allow his horse to to lay to lay in or to move move in as he's done and the other thing the other thing that you also see um is johnny allen isn't it on two occasions on two occasions from the grandstand side which and that's the offside of the horse on two occasions you see, you just see him move you see him pull or attempt to make the horse not lay in on two occasions he does it but but it's uh, as, he, as he can actually pull the rein a little bit or adjust the rein but but it's uh, um, like it won't it won't matter to the connections it won't change it won't change the service fee of animo and and that and the owners perhaps are not most definitely are not desperate for the for the difference in the prize money three million three million is against seven hundred and fifty I think it was but but it is a but it's a real poor look from a steward's point of view really poor thanks for your call um, I know it's uh, nothing to do with on the track but uh, how much would animo have been worth if he wins that Cox Plate. Oh, look, he's... He, I don't know. He's, he's, would he be he's, $34 million or more? Because he would have, would have been a shuttle stallion then for sure. Yeah, anyway. It's not going to stop him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Will they go to the courts? Is this is this over or is this going to be something no, that's going to... No, he, no, no. He, He's an inch off being a Golden Eagle winner and a Cox Plate winner. A uh, Golden Rose winner and a Cox Plate winner. But he's already won a size and a Corfu Guinea, so he's... Uh, he's yeah, right. He's pretty, yeah, he's pretty secure. All right, boys, uh, we'll continue on. Uh, Duff, uh, question here for you. This is on uh, Sydney. Uh, Halal. Now, I heard you talking to the guys uh, before uh, from the Big Sports Breakfast just saying, "You look, you just want to see how the form is of that race. Obviously, uh, there was a big roar there on Saturday with the crowd that was in attendance. Um, they gravitated towards the favourite. What did you make of Halal? And, and do you want to, you know, would you want to butter up on him again? Or do you think he, uh, what was behind him maybe is of concern? Oh, no, look, I, 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 well, what's behind him is of a concern. There's no doubt about it. It's, he's a nice horse. He always has been a nice horse. He's not the, he's not the, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed as far as race, racing sense is concerned. But you look at his Ramwick form, it's, it's great. Champagne Stakes, um, uh, he's the Stan Fox, and he's, 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 you know, he's yet to miss, finish further back than second at Ramwick. So he, he's a lovely horse to, to aim at. Um, you know, Ramwick Guineas and Doncasters and whatever, but let's just see him wait till he comes back and look at his lead-up runs and then assess him. As far as saying, oh, what price is he in the, you know, uh, in the Doncaster for next year, and what price is he for the Ramwick Guineas next year? He looks the horse. I'm not so sure about that. Albert's on the line, boys. I think. Uh, morning, Albert. How are you, boys? Very good, mate. What's I what's your just, question? Um, we're not, yeah, hang on. You're not giving yourself another rap, are you, Albert, on here? No, mate, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're devastated because we've raced a lot of horses. We raced and single gays as mum and bred single gays. But on Saturday, Dino, one of the horses you tipped each way, our horse in Melbourne, native girl, 
Uh, Linda Meach got off and said, we just got to forget the runner was bashed from pillar to post. And hopefully it's pulled up well as of yesterday. It pulled up well. It's going to the wakeful. What did you make of that race? God, they were belted around in that race. Yeah, it was rough on the first turn. And she's just not that race smart yet because she's only having her third start. And that's why I like her. Uh, I think she's got a lot of talent. Um, that was the real chance for her. I, I, uh, she, even if she hadn't wandered around the home turn, if she'd come around the home turn neat, she'd have been right in the finish, but she wandered a, a bit there. So Flemington's going to suit her better, but uh, just started to lighten off a bit on Saturday. I just hope that there's one more run left in the tank for you, Albert, because yeah, well, uh, we so. uh, I'd, be, I'd be thinking she's an Australasian Oaks filly in uh, April, May next year in Adelaide. I, I hope, you know that, uh, yeah, she gets there in, in good order. That's That'd be my main objective with her. Beautiful. Thanks, Al, for your call. What did you make of the winner there, mate? Because that he is um, he's just a freak. We know he's a freak, James, but, geez, he rode that race beautifully on uh, Mokalua. Oh, he did. It was like she was fired out of a cannon at the 200. I've been batting up for a week in, week out, and uh, I actually probably decided after you know looking at her form around Profundo that uh, she needed dry ground and she didn't get it on Saturday so that's why I went around her but she uh, she powered the line and I think the second best last 200 of the meeting so she really hit the line running uh, when they did the pay ups for the uh, the Oaks last week so she wasn't involved so she won't get a chance to do that but uh, that was a, a valuable group two win for her and she uh, actually she ran the best last 200 of the meeting not the second best so, so she went, ran very well uh, and uh, I think she's a nice, quite a nice filly going forward because I don't think there's any stars in the filly's ranks, so it's up for grabs uh, over the next six months. All right, we've got uh, Tony on the line, I think. Um, or no, we've got Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Uh, Dean, did you notice in the last of sale yesterday, Bermard is? Yes. Um, that stable has had a good improvement in the last few months mate uh, with Buffalo River and Chapala's been going alright now this one hopefully might come into town do you know anything about it? Yeah well, they, they think he's a really good horse he, he lost his way totally last time in but he tried well and that was a heat of the uh, Country Cup series the half a million dollar race on Oaks Day so that's why Damien Oliver went down for the one ride from the outside draw, send him to the front, and he won easily. So that'll be his next run on Oaks Day, 1,600 metres, uh, half a million dollar race. Beautiful. Thank you very much for your call there, Mark. Uh, let's get to Warwick on the line. Morning, Warwick. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I just want to get my take on the protests, and I think uh, there's no way it should be upheld. I'll tell you why. Um, the, um, they, you know, they went... Uh, State of rest went in probably, I'd say, one half horses, then brushed Animo, um, you know, didn't put him off stride or anything. Then he's, uh, John Allen's, uh, uh, you, know, um, st- you know, straightened the horse up as he's entitled to do. And in fact, um, and then, uh, Craig got in two whip strikes before he was able to get, he- get his whip going. And they had uh, another 70 metres to go and they were completely separated all, all the way. And he still couldn't get past him. Um, but that's all totally irrelevant about the whip strikes. Like, you said John Allen straightened. He should have straightened two strides earlier. Not, not once he'd rolled in. He should have, he should have been straightening beforehand. That's, that's the thing. He, he waited too long to straighten, and that's, that's why it's a, a controversial decision. What's the... Uh, what, did he get a stretch, John, for the ride? No. At all, Dino? No, he no, got a reprimand. Okay. 
Does that yeah, surprise well, you? That yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it, 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 I mean, the fact that Craig Williams, Craig Williams should be allowed to, once he established his spot on the track, he shouldn't have to deviate because John Allen wanted to roll in for two or three strides. He should be allowed to say, right, that's my line and I can stay on it. He'd established that part of the track. Uh, Let's, yeah, just just a couple of texts on the text line. Uh, obviously, we know how good Joseph O'Brien is, but um, we know the hoops that that horse had to uh, to get through to get here, uh, both you know veterinary etc. Um, just on on the performance of the winner, forgetting about the uh, the interference. Um, where where do you place that win, that Cox Plate win, um, Dino? Are we because we was talking about the field at the start of the week and then the scratching? Um, are we? Is he going to fly under the radar that that horse in terms of his win? Maybe is he better than some of the others they've brought out, or do you think he uh, he just got his race and that was his opportunity? I think you know they've worked out that the you know taking those horses that like they did with Adelaide uh, ran in America. They handle a high pressure tight track racing on turf uh, is a good formula for Mooney Valley. So you know once he'd won that race, uh, it certainly became a, a, a good option and. Uh, he was always, I think we'd spoken about him three months ago on this show, that if there was going to be an import run well, he was the one with the really sharp turn of foot. Uh, so he had the right attributes. I think on the day that had been very concerned how the track was because he's definitely better on dry ground. But, yeah, I, I certainly think great window of opportunity. And, and you've got to think back to Adelaide. They were much the same in that Adelaide's uh, Cox Plate. Mm. There were seven horses within a length and a quarter of each other. So it was a very even race. So they found the right horse. that, that year, like They did try the, you know, in the years that uh, Winks was here, and they didn't, they didn't beat her. So they did have a go, like with Highland Reel, and uh, Godolphin had a few goes. So... It's not as though uh, we don't have the horses that can beat these horses they bring out. And Highland Reel proved to be probably above Adelaide and above this horse at this stage anyway. One of your colleagues uh, from RSN, Dino Matt Stewart, he fires them up on the, uh, with uh, his articles. Do you think it, um, our Wayne Frey stocks are in strife? They are what they are, Dave. I mean, the people are still going to, to bet on them. Are we exposed when, when an international comes and beats us? Of course we are. But that's where we're at. We haven't bought English derby winners to stand at stud. We haven't gone down that path of of trying to make these the best horses. Then we try and get the offcuts of the Europeans uh, to fill the gaps often. So I think, uh, you know, um, and Animo's a, you know, a classically bred horse out of an Oaks winning horse that performed internationally. She ran third in the Belmont Oaks, uh, Animato. So he was, he, you know, he stands as a, a real shining light to maybe go forward, uh, in, in all sort of ranks because he was a sprinter and now he, he's been able to lengthen out to middle distance. But, you know, we've got what we've got in lots of ways and, you know, we do concentrate hard on the sprinters with regard to our breeding ranks, and and you know, we look we look and admire the Japanese horses stuff. But I think, like there was ten years in a row, they bought the English Derby winners, and and just bolstered their stocks that way. Yep, and um, you know, it's supply and demand. And, yeah. You know, we, 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 you know, it's all right saying, oh, let's breed some lovely stays, but you got to you got to have a 
a base out there that, of, of owners that want to buy them, and uh, we haven't got that. It's as simple as that, you know. The oh, that's right. Our owners, you know, our, you know, ownerships are divided into you know, lots of people wanting to get a return, wanting to go to the races more often, and yeah, you know, uh, as the great George Hanlon said, uh, having a stayer. It's uh, the great thing about having a stayer is it takes three years to find out it's no good. Exactly. So, wasn't there a stat, I think it was tweeted by uh, Karaka, or it might have even been tweeted by Tony Nebo in relation to um, to New Zealand. Wasn't every derby last season won by a New Zealand-bred horse? Yep, it was. Yeah. Let's get to Balmain Max on the line. Morning, Balmain. Morning, Davo. Davo, we've got two for Dino and I've got two for the Duff. I can go yes, to mate. Dino first, mate. Yes, Max. Dino. Yes, Max. Yeah, how, how long's the Cox Plate been run, Dino? How long? Nineteen twenty-one yeah. was the first running. Yeah, and there's been no upheld process, has there? Uh, not for the win, no. No, I rest my case there. And Dino, was has there been ever been... interference like that on Saturday, Max? Yeah, no, I know, mate. But uh, tradition goes a long way, Dino. Now this CT scan they did on uh, True Grit. You know what I mean? Uh, the thing was, he passed a CT scan, and yet the stewards this all Gold trip. race. You know, gold trip. Gold trip. Ruled the CT scan. Gold trip. But, is that who you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think he's yeah. talking gold about gold trip. trip yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, well, it wasn't so much that they're overruling that. They're saying he's lame behind. So it's yeah. I mean, if you can visually see something, I mean, the the scans are for the things you can't see, and that's what unfortunately uh, why. Harpo Marks was a late scratching on Saturday because his Same scan thing, for mm. well his scan for the Melbourne Cup came through uh, on Saturday saying that uh, he had an issue and that he wasn't fit to race in the Melbourne Cup so he he obviously wasn't going to be fit to race on Saturday so uh, the, that's the that's a problem interesting because Gold Trip's going to come here Saturday to he's, run in the Rose Hill Gold Cup he's on a float he might be there. Yeah, um, yeah, he's coming, and and we're dual nominating Nick Jack Cave for the Hoffman and the Rose Hill Cup as well. Okay, beautiful no Belmay. Thanks, thanks for that, mate. Yeah, so, yes, yes mate. Max. Yeah, I've got the solution to the Golden Slipper duck. Good. Don't race with two year olds. Run the Slipper over fourteen hundred at Randwick for three year olds, and you'll find your horses will go on for longer. Sounds like the Golden Rose. Yeah, sounds like the yeah. Golden <laughs> Rose. Yeah. We got we got one of them, Max. And, uh, yeah, uh, I know, this... but, mate, I tell you, you don't race your two-year-old kids as, you know, you know what I mean, over six furlongs. Have you got a nice uh, unraced three-year-old at home, Balmain? <laughs> you <laughs> missed the boat with the slipper. You want to produce it, do you? Uh, well, we can't say too much, Dave. <laughs> but, uh, but, Duff? Yes, Max? If, uh, if you and Ronnie Quinton had your own show, would it be called the two Ronnies? Yep, it certainly well, would. Well, that's goodbye from Duff and goodbye from me. <laughs> Good <laughs> Thanks, Balmain. Uh, let's get to Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Day, 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 boys. Um, in hindsight today regarding the, the protest, I just want to open up another bit of a can of worms the way I can, Dave. And that, in my firm opinion, I would have liked to see Animo running the Everest. Now, I know it's all hindsight. Everybody's got an opinion. But my belief is, and Roddy, you were, you were there the day that he won the Tosman. You were there when you won the sides, both at Ramey, over the sprint journey. Especially the Todman, when it was 1,200 metres, you had also a profiteer, home affairs. He wasn't told to win that race over 1,200 metres and won. Then he won the sides at Ramey. Then obviously, he brought him back for the the, uh, the Golden Rose, run second. 
Sadie's like, yes, 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 they can buy Bivouac and, and whatever. And then Bivouac come out and run second, then run in the, in the Everest, but then we had 58 and a half kilos the next year, run second in the Everest. So my point B is, I don't think he's actually a really strong stay animal, and I would love to see him pushing up after the, the uh, go of the race for a, a go of the Everest, the way it worked out. I know it didn't happen, but I just think he's a much better horse around a mile, 400 metres, that sort of race, than over the 2,000 plus area. What's your opinion? Uh, look, in my opinion, he's a very good, adaptable horse, and you could train him for anything. Um, so he he's he's just a lovely horse. Like I said, he's, he, we all forget he had a hiccup coming into this preparation as well. Uh, so he's had a setback uh, during his preparation. He could yeah, like he, he he just he's just a good horse. You could good horses can do amazing things. Yeah. But and, right, uh, I just put, can I just ask you one question, Ray? Had he run in the Everest? Right, it's a big F and all that. Would you have backed him in the Everest? Was I don't know. It all depends. Not if he, you know, it all depends what stage of his preparation it was and, and whatever. And Look, he was never trained really for an Everest. And I don't know whether he ever will be, um, considering his profile now. Um, he, you know, he might only have a, an autumn left in him. Um, what, what would he target in the autumn? What, what would be, what would you, if you had him, what would you be throwing him? Would you, would you, you obviously bring him back to his own age? Uh, yeah, and would you would you take him through that Rose Hill Guineas Ramwick etc. You go, go Ramwick Guineas and Doncaster maybe. Yeah. Queen or is he on a, Queen or, yeah, would he be like yeah. maybe an it's a, it's a done deal path maybe. Yeah, but he, he would yeah. be. He he'd go right through there and and just attack the big ones. So, mm. um, you know, you want to back a Lalal Animo. <laughs> yeah. Very good point. Let's get to, <laughs> let's get to uh, we forget we about the other three year olds. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, let's get to James on the line. Morning, James. Morning, fellas. Um, just had a question about Exoboom um, on the weekend. I heard last week uh, Snowden was uh, gearing to get it up into the, what is it, the Golden Eagle this weekend. Do you reckon it'll be in the field and what's its chances? He's down a bit. Uh, I'd like, he'd run well because he's on mm. a backup off a win and he's peaking at the right time and it's one of those races. Uh, I thought he'd run really well in the Golden Eagle at odds, but I, I wouldn't be backing him now because I think he's right nah. on the borderline of missing out. Beautiful. Uh, Jeezy was keen during the week. I know that was a cardinal sin on the other uh, social, tweeting the, you know, oh, how, how good was Snowden. But his interview, and I think Munns, that was on Wednesday, because you came on for the preview Wednesday uh, with Joycey, and, and he was, he doesn't usually talk like that, Peter Snowden. Um, you know, he, he's obviously quite measured, but he's just suggesting he wants, you know, you give away an arm and a leg to try and get this horse in the Golden Eagle. He's absolutely airborne, and it was good to see Sam Clipperton too get a um, get a double there on the weekend months. Yes, it was, and uh, well, the most surprising aspect was the fact that he, he stayed eight dollars for so long yeah. in the race, and uh, even uh, when was that track? Do you reckon that was track related? They were gravitating towards on pace. Well, they were gravitating towards Emerald Kingdom at that stage, who was a leader, and Crea yeah. Dearest, as the boys predicted on Friday, all he wanted to do was get out. But you, you thought the sort of natural horse that putters would want to be on was Exoboom. And it wasn't until the last sort of, you know, two minutes of betting where he was actually $8 into $6 very, very late. And even I said, uh, giving a market update there at once, I, I can't believe he hasn't firmed in the betting because they were running out of horses that, you know, could actually firm up. Exactly right. So now our next call's on the line. We've got uh, John. Morning, John. Hey, good day, fellas. How you going? Um... 
I'm just wondering, Dino, can you explain to me the difference between pushing out on the turn, which I thought you were allowed to, and squeezing out and then to get a run and continue on in the race and nothing's ever done about it. But but at the winning pace, if you do it, you're in trouble. What's the difference? He didn't, he didn't cut across him. He just tried to push him. Accidentally, of course. Um, not sort of sure. What I'm, I'm sure what you're getting at. If you push out on the home turn, you're usually going better than the one on your outside, and go, and it, it might be giving ground. But he was trying. He was dictating to a horse that was going equally as well as him, and was up inside his heels. Was was nearly head and head. So I'm not sort of quite sure. Pushing out on the turn. Well, you can't push out if the horse on the outside's going better than you. But if the house horse on the outside going the same speed, and you're, you're side by side, and you're pushing out to get a run, that's always been yeah, allowed. Yeah, but, but yeah, well, you'd get you'd get, you'd, you'd, you'd get punished accordingly. Uh, I, I, I need the, uh, an example. Um, there was one yesterday at sale where the jockey pushed out rudely. But one by three quarters of a length, and the second jockey protest, the margin was the the difference. But uh, a brave steward may have upheld it; uh, it wasn't. And uh, but the jockey got fourteen meetings. So yeah, your point in that regard is valid. But I think you've got to play every every case as a yeah every every ball as it lies. And that's I think Saturday should have been upheld. It's just my opinion. Let's get to David on the line. Morning, David. Hello, David. Um, I've got a question or comment for Ron, Ron, Ron Duffersey. Yes, David. Yes, mate. Uh, Ron, I want to give a wrap to, to Jason Collett um, <laughs> on his ride on Ruby Tuesday. Excellent pace um, judging the speed there. And um, I just want to say yeah, well done to him. Uh, he's an underrated jockey, I think, Um and what did you think of the time to stack up with the rest of the, of the day? Uh, look, he's he's a great jockey. He's a beautiful jockey. He's got lovely hands. Mm. He's cool, calm and collected. Uh, he, yeah, look, um, he's, he's he's established as one of our leading riders here in Sydney and has been for a while now. And, and he rated that mare uh, so, so well. Um, there's no doubt about it. As far as her time was, he went quick enough uh, to sort of, um, you know, be left alone, which that mare likes. And, uh, yeah, she brushed home um, okay there. I don't think there's anything sizzling about the time. She, you know, the, the three-year-olds, I think, I just haven't got her in front of me, I think they went quicker than her um, on on the day. And uh, But it was just a lovely, um, well-balanced ride, which she, she, she really enjoys uh, Ruby Tuesday. We um, we have a, we have a small uh, small ownership of the horse, Ron. And, oh, okay. Um, we're looking forward to to her next race, um, possibly in two weeks' time. Okay. Well, good luck with her. Actually, the three-year-olds run a second slower, to tell you the truth. So she's gone nicely as far as the the two mile races on the day. Yeah, she Thanks. she may step up in in uh, in grade. I'm okay. told. I'm not sure about that one. Um, can I ask Glenn, Glenn, Glenn a quick call, a quick question? Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Glenn, Glenn, um, oh, this is about the um, the um, the TAB dividends on screen. You know, before the last race, they show the approximate quadidiv. Yes. 
Uh, if it turns out to be very different to the final result, who do I? Who should I call contact? Um, what do you mean? But you, you, the approximate divvies after the after the third leg, if your horse wins the last, what you're saying that that the dividends posted on the screen as the quaddy approximates become different after the race. That's right. Correct. Last Wednesday uh, on the Kenzo, um, the final race. Uh, the winner was Blesk. That um, quad dividend was showing as 1125 and it actually paid 839 Was there a late scratching where the substitute... No, no. no. late scratchings, no. Okay. Right. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I, I, can't, I can't help you there because the, the approximate dividend should be the approximate dividends. Hmm. I'll uh, chime I in there, I can't see months. how they're going to change by 30%. No, there there have been some wild things happening on screen. I've I've noticed when, well, especially yeah, later in the week. No, no, just in terms of in terms of those dividends and that data, and I I think they're looking at it at Sky because you'll see sometimes you know a greyhound race go around and you'll see you know a dollar seventy favourite win, and there's a no third dividend um, option, so there's only seven runners and you know dogs running second paying thirty four dollars on that approximate dividend. I think there's issue there's a data issue. There somewhere, in my oh, opinion, right. anyway, yeah, because they're only then, drawing drawing the information from yes. uh, the system. Yeah, I think yeah, I think, uh, and that's all going to be updated. They're they're doing a, a number of things, but yeah, I think I've I've just noticed from as I said, voicing those dividends on radio between you know some of those uh, those lower meetings. I'm not saying that's a, it was a lower meeting. That's a big meeting, but it does seem like there's some wild uh, data. And then obviously once it goes official. On screen, it's correct. It, it it obviously correlates to the websites, apps, everything. But yeah, some of those approximate divvies are are pretty wild. Um, boys, while we uh, while we approach ten o'clock, and we thank everyone for their calls uh, this morning. Um, the two-year-old race. Just want to, a couple of texts here about um, a horse which you actually mentioned on the Big Sports Breakfast to two Duff. This uh, charlatan for Jay Ford, uh, Joe Pride. Uh, he, he has a really nice two-year-old here. Yeah, look, I'm not saying it's the strongest two-year-old race. Uh, you know, it's only early days, but he went very good, didn't he? He's uh, he's only had one trial in the poly. Uh, Joe doesn't... I think I think the last two-year-old he run was Ballistic Lover. Um, he doesn't run his two-year-olds unless he, they, they're showing him they're going to be competitive. He flopped out the back, loved his finishing speed. He's, um, he's, he, he's a nice horse in the making. Really nice yeah. horse in the making. Beautiful. Um, Dino, a question here for you. This is Melbourne Cup question. Sir Lucan, what do you? Um, what can you tell us about uh, just uh, the text here? Hey, uh, hey guys, can you ask Dino his thoughts on Sir Lucan in the Melbourne Cup? I've been tipped it by a mate but don't know anything about it. Does Dino, can Dino help us? What can you tell us about Sir Lucan? Not a lot. Um, he's... Uh He's uh, one that uh, I've got to do a bit of... Uh, we don't have as much uh, international work to do this year, Dave, so uh, he's one I've got to look at. Is, I think, is he Sir Dragon A's brother? I think. Uh, he's, he's by Camelot out of Sparrow, so... Yeah, I've got a gut feeling he is. Um, so, and yeah, um, but, yeah, he's certainly... Uh, I'm just looking at uh, uh, order of entry. He's still, a, he's still he, number 33. He is a fool, by the way. He's an yeah. he's a fool to Sir Dragonate. Yeah, I thought he was. Um, he's. I'm looking at the attrition rate of. You know, we've, as I said, we've got acceptors. Uh, the next acceptances uh, this morning. 
but I can only see probably uh, two or three coming out at this stage of that list. Harpo Marks obviously being one of them. Gold Trip and Johnny Get Angry, so there's three. Uh, Port Guillaume might come out. So, yeah, he's probably still borderline about 29, 28 at the moment. Okay. It's, it's an interesting like one, too. No one's seen him for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting one because that's uh, he's trained... Uh, I'm not sure. It, it's got pending on Riser, his connections. I'm not sure. Would he be owned by the same interests as uh, Sir Dragon A Dino? No, no. An Australian group brought, it, bought him, I think. Um, okay, so, but I, I don't think it, I don't think it's the same group. But uh, okay, yeah, he ran. So he ran in the St Ledger um, behind Hurricane Lane, and I mean that was a really strong race. But he, he got well beaten. Uh, his qualification runs. Uh, we know a few of these races, and and he's run okay. He beat Wordsworth, who that form ties in okay with a couple of horses that are, have already performed out here. So, uh, you know, he's got he has got reasonable form credentials. Uh, it's just a matter of him actually getting in the field. He is owned. I'm just reading an article here that I've just literally put his name into Google and on the Flemington website. Yeah. Um, his managing part owner is Aussie Kerr. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. spot on. Okay, so and interesting, this one comes to Gay and Adrian. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the arrangement was there, but uh, certainly uh, uh, he's uh, he's on a bit of a, uh, if you look at it, probably a bit of a Fiorente path. He came in very lightly raced uh, in that first year and ran second to Green Moon, and then came back a year later and won. So I just okay. wonder if that's the sort of uh, long term thought process I got with him. All right, very interesting. I think we've got one more caller on the line before we uh, wrap it up. James, good morning, mate. Good morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, just a quick uh, question on uh, Damien Lane's ride on Very Elegant. What do you guys think? I actually thought he put her in the spot at about the 700 that she was going to win and uh, that she was coming into the race. He'd ridden a very... I know he, he settled out the back and there was a bit of criticism of, of that, but I thought yeah, first, it, but first thing was to get her switched off as opposed to Flemington where she was up and about on a fast speed and I thought he got her to relax and actually yeah. got her to race pretty well. I think yeah, the really critical... I thought it was really well to stick on third and not far off. And, but yeah. I had Animo in front of her, in front of her like that with that much less weight on on her, on him. And I, there's no way she was going to beat him in this form, this form home. I think she settled closer. I think she wins comfortably in that, to be honest. Now, I don't know about that, but I think that I think she could have nearly won the race had she not changed. Right on the point of the home turn, she changed legs. She got a bit of a bump, and she got off balance, and it really yeah. stopped her momentum. So I think yeah. you know, that that was as big a factor as anything. I, I actually thought that getting it back and getting it travelling comfortably was probably the first thing they had to do. And if he overdid it a bit, so be it. But she raced a lot better than she did at Flemington. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, mates. All right, so let's get some horses to follow here, guys. Um, what do you like, uh, Duff, from that uh, Sydney meeting? Um, look, I think that horse uh, the, they just brought up there, Shalatin. Uh, he he can only improve. 150 to 1 for the slipper for the thrill seekers. Uh, yes. Bergen, he's a benchmark 78 horse. He, he resumed without a trial and knocked up, and then he ran him in a a quality handicap there on Saturday, and I, he, he eyeballed Emerald Kingdom, which is not easy to do, and he stuck on, and surely there's a, a race for him. And the other one is Lord Ardmore. 
Um, he's a, he's with ex New Zealand horse now with Chris Waller. He'll Chris will sort him out. He did a good job there. He's had a couple of runs now. Waitley gets to two thousand in the right race. He'll win. And just uh, going back to you, Dave, the early in the, the morning here, you're just a little bit out fast out the barrier with the not, not wanting to give the scratchings. The last bloke that didn't want to give the scratchings, he's not here anymore, so be careful no. with that one. <laughs> it was a, I've got a, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I've got a, um, a couch coming this morning. I can't see in, in the studio today with the camera. I've moved in positions in the house, so. Um, yeah, that's all right. We got the scratchings out. Don't worry about that. Uh, Dino, your, um, your horses to follow, mate. Uh, Dave, mine, uh, one from Friday night. He won the first race, a horse called Marine One. He showed a bit as a two year old. He's now with the Ma Eustace stable. Went and had an easy win at Swan Hill, and, uh, his win on Friday night was very good. He sprinted hard. There's plenty he had in the a lot tank to do, for him. didn't he? He had a lot yeah. to do in that race. Yeah, he did. And, uh, what he's done, he's, he's, like, he, Always looked very um, fine as a two-year-old. Like he's a good-looking horse, but he just looked immature. Now he's a—he's just like a—he's you know, put on plenty of condition, and uh, he could race through the grades very quickly. That horse, Marine One, uh, from Saturday, Al Heidi. Uh, She'd have been an absolute certainty on Thursday and a maiden at Ballarat. And Philip Stokes elected to run her in the stakes race Saturday, which was a, a lead in itself. I think with reasonable luck, she should have won uh, the Phillies race uh, over 1,200 metres. So she should be winning pretty soon. And uh, we've spoken to floating artists. Uh, I think if he goes to the Hotham, uh, he really didn't have a hard run on Saturday because he only got out the last 200 metres. Uh, he could maybe get himself into the uh, Melbourne Cup. All right, and Munns, your horses to follow. Uh, one from Wednesday, Dave, uh, that I, uh, I I noticed it was a win at Goulburn. It actually beat Kitzbühel uh, at Goulburn. Sacred Command stepped up to midweek grade on last Wednesday on the Kenzo. Went very, very good. I noticed it's in a 15.50 race at Canterbury. Uh, it's nommed anyway. There's some drama with the acceptances. They made a, they may not have enough two-year-olds to go around in the two-year-old race. They went around on Saturday. But Sacred Command, I think he can follow it. And two out of the midway, Saquon, who I've made a horse to follow before. Uh, I think he ran well again. Bad Alley got back in the field. He, he's just looking for probably a fraction further. And I thought in the same race, Media Starguest, who was wide and working, working, working the whole race. And he's better suited once he gets up sort of 14, 15, close to a mile there. I think they're the horses to follow out of um, the last uh, seven days of racing. And it's great to be back at Canterbury Park on Wednesday when we do eventually see what is going to go around there. All right, uh, yep, we've got Canterbury Wednesday. We'll have a preview with you and Joycey on Wednesday. And then Saturday, obviously, we've got another big day of racing here in Sydney. We've got uh, the Golden Eagle uh, as uh, the headline, $7.5 million, and we'll have that field out uh, during the week. And, of course, uh, down in Melbourne... Um, the start of the carnival, Dino, there at uh, Flemington with uh, Derby Day. So two wonderful race winnings that will complement each other and be great for putters. Certainly will, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's Derby Day, but uh, I think the most interesting race might nearly be the Empire Rose. I think the Mayors coming together, uh, Colette, uh, Mystic Journey, uh, Still a Star and, and quite a few others. Uh, ice even bath. Ice Bath might, yeah, Ice Bath coming down. I think Ice might even be easy for her to go against the boys and win the Cantala. I think if one of these Phillies dodges and goes against the boys, uh, they'd nearly they'd nearly win the Cantala because Mr. Brightside's going well, but he's the favourite at the moment and he's uh, coming off the, uh, albeit a good form race, uh, the Seymour Cup. I think one of the, the, the mayors could easily beat the boys in the Cantala. 
Have a great week, gents. Uh, enjoy yourselves, and we'll uh, we'll see you on Sky Racing, on RSN, on Sky Sports Radio, right throughout the week. Uh, looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.